Salut tout le monde! Hello everyone! And welcome to the fourth episode of Learning French by Accident. If this is your first time here, then hi, I'm Chase. I'm an onset language coach and I teach some of the world's most famous actors how to speak and deliver languages. Learning French by Accident is a podcast for all levels of learning. So if you're a beginner or a veteran, you're very welcome here. This podcast was created to help you tune your ears to real conversational French, things that you'll never learn in a book or at school. And let me say a huge thank you to everybody who's been listening so far. Hundreds of you have written in on my Chase in French social media pages. And for that, I just want to say merci beaucoup. Bon, allez, on y va. Come on, let's go. So far in this podcast, we have been looking at pronouns. We have looked at je, I, tu, you and il. Today we are going to be looking at nous and on, which means we. And yes, they both mean we. Now, those of you who've been learning French for a while will know that we use one in formal situations and one in less formal, more casual situations. But as usual, this is not always the case, and we're going to be talking about the finer details and philosophies today. So let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Nous is something that you're going to be taught at school. Nous means we. If you say nous allons, we are going. Nous mangeons, we are eating. But if you ever said that to somebody, you would be giving away right away from the get-go that you were not actually French or comfortable in French. Because using nous is like saying, I just learned French out of a book and here it is. So what do we do instead? We use the word on. And the word on means the exact same thing, but the cultural implications behind it are completely different. The conjugation for on also happens to be different. We don't say on allons, we would say on va. And on is conjugated the same way as il and elle, he and she. So don't get confused and don't get muddled up. Nous allons, we are going, on va. We are going. They mean the same thing, they just have different implications when you say them. In the standardized teaching community, by which I mean learning through books or learning at school, there is a philosophy that says that we must follow a certain pattern for a student to learn. And this, of course, has been proven to be wrong about a million times. I believe that understanding the full context and knowing how we actually speak in conversation in France or other French-speaking countries is the most important thing, because moving forward, that's what you're going to want to keep in mind in order to become more fluent and more comfortable in the language. I, for example, refuse to let anyone say nous to me. If they were going to say we are going there today and they said nous allons là-bas aujourd'hui, I would say no, stop it right now. Say on y va aujourd'hui. Much better, much cleaner and much more simple. The most important thing to understand is the cultural implication and what it means for a learner of French. So if you say on in French, first of all, it means that you're giving the person the impression that you are in a casual setting. It means that you're not at work. It means that you're not writing a formal email. It means that you're just talking. And it is important to know when you can use nous, because you can use it, and when you can't. So if you're doing a direct action, like I'm walking, I'm running, anything like that, don't use nous. However, if you use something called a stress pronoun, like it's us, c'est nous, that is when you can use nous. And we're going to discuss this in more detail later on. 
So what is all? It is such an evasive mystery. Where does it come from and why do we use it? Well, in French, we use it to say we in a casual way. It's been around ever since the end of the 17th century. It used to be written O-M, on, and then H-O-M, pronounced the same way, deriving from the Latin word homo, which gives us homo sapiens and other words related to mankind. It used to refer to a third-person individual in general. It was like the equivalent of the word one in English when you say one cannot possibly know this. And I know that sounds very old-fashioned now, but it did refer to an individual, any individual. And this is the probable reason why we conjugate it like he and she and not like we. And a lot of people will just overlook this, but I think it's important because it can be confusing to think of the word we being said in two different ways and conjugated in two different ways. But if you understand that on comes from the old word for one, an individual, then it makes so much sense that it would be conjugated in that way. So without further ado, let's dive into some examples. Let's start with some of the most common ones, such as on y va, we, there, go, which means let's go, on y va. If you want to say let's go in French, you use on. If you said nous y allons, it sounds so strange, I can't even begin to tell you what that would sound like for a French person. So never say nous y allons to say let's go. We say on y va. And as you can see, the verb aller, to go, is conjugated in the third person, va, instead of allons. On y va. Okay, so that is a simple example. Let's go for something a little more complicated. How about saying, what are we going to do? So we ask our basic question. We say, qu'est-ce qu'on va faire? What are we going to do? Qu'est-ce qu'on va faire? Now you should know that there are informal and formal ways of asking questions in French. If you use the informal on, then you want to ask an informal type of question. And that is exactly what we have here. But because of that, we can ask an even more informal question. And the way of doing that is quite simple. We take the word what and we put it at the very end of the sentence. Like, we do what? Which I know sounds a little bit funny and maybe a little bit American. We do what? But in French, it's perfectly normal when you're making a, and I have to add, very informal question. It would give something like this. On fait Quoi? On fait quoi? On fait quoi là? And if you add the word là, as I've told you many times, it means, what are we going to do right now? On fait quoi là? If you want to say, what are we going to do? You'd say, on va faire quoi? And you bring back the verb aller. On va faire quoi? On va faire quoi là? That kind of means, what are we going to do right now? On va faire quoi là? So when you're in France, you might hear any of those. They are the most informal ones. If you wanted to hear what the most formal one would be, it would sound something like this. Qu'allons-nous faire? And we use the formal question structure. It is shorter and people often make the mistake of thinking shorter means more casual in French, but it's very much the opposite. Longer is more casual. Uh, the formal version tends to be shorter. And of course, the shortest of them all, in a very illogical way, is the most informal one. So, in order of most formal to least formal things that you might hear in France, we have Qu'allons-nous faire? Which becomes Qu'est-ce qu'on va faire? Which becomes On va faire quoi là? And you might hear any of those and may choose to use whichever you feel is most appropriate for the situation. Although I would say stay away from the most formal one because it will make you sound 
a little outdated, even in France, where language and beauty around language is very much appreciated and speaking beautifully is a great quality to have. Very much so in French culture, you will be respected, not frowned upon. In fact, a side note that I would make is that cultural differences around elegance and beauty in language are vastly different in France and in England, and I could say even in America too, as I'm half American. If you speak beautifully in France, you will be admired for your elegance and your manipulation of language. If you do the same thing in the UK, I can tell you that it won't have the same cultural implications. You will be seen as pretentious and trying to make yourself out to be better than somebody else. You'll get the comment, all right, you think you're better than me? And we don't want any of that. But in France, you're safe to speak as beautifully or as casually as you like. But when you're out on the streets and you're hearing people speak, you're going to hear the most casual versions. This will be the same thing in TV shows and movies. So continuing in that theme, now that we know how to say, what are we going to do? Let's learn how to say, that's what we're going to do. So let's talk yet again about the most formal version and let's go back towards the least formal and all the contractions we're going to make. So to say, that's what we're going to do, we will say, c'est ce que l'on va faire. C'est ce que l'on va faire. And this is a very interesting thing about French where we have an L sound before the on. And you might say, Chase, why is that? Well, I'll remind you of something very important about the logic behind speaking French. French is supposed to flow. Anything with two vowels put next to each other, a, e, will make something sound very blocky. And French and its grammar does everything in its power to not allow that to happen. So what do we have here? We have c'est ce que l'on va faire and not c'est ce que on, because you hear the que on sounds very blocky and very rough. So we have an L sound, which is just put there to make it sound good. Yes, we have words in French that are just there to sound pretty, quite literally. There's no meaning in it, and I would advise you to not think too much about it. C'est ce que l'on va faire would be the most formal way that you might hear this. But when we speak casually in French, this is what you're going to hear. We're going to change the ce que l'on va to ce qu'on va. C'est ce qu'on va faire. C'est ce qu'on va faire. Ce que l'on va becomes ce qu'on va. So, what does that give us? That gives us c'est ce que l'on va faire, which becomes c'est ce qu'on va faire. C'est ce qu'on va faire is what you're going to hear when you're out and about, and it is something that you can practice saying by yourself. Now remember, speaking French like a native comes with practice and then using intuition. These things are not magic. They don't happen case by case. The word ce que is so common in French to hear ce que, c'est ce que je vais dire, c'est ce que je vais manger. It's what I'm going to say, it's what I'm going to eat. So when you say ce que, most of the time you're going to hear people say Ce que, c'est ce que je vais faire, c'est ce que je vais manger. So, you see, don't be overwhelmed. These are not unique situations where, oh, for this sentence, I'm going to slang it this way. No, these are things that repeat and that are done in a very methodical way because French slang has a logic behind it, which is really interesting. So, ne vous inquiétez pas, don't worry, c'est ce qu'on va faire, Lia. That's what we're going to do, guys. Let's have a little bit of a conceptual side note. What I mean by this is in English, we can say you can't do this to not mean you specifically can't do this, but one cannot do this. You can't do this. This is not something that you can do. It's like when your friend comes to you and says, hey, I was thinking of just keeping the milk outside of the fridge for a few days. And you say, oh, you can't do that. 
It doesn't mean that they particularly can't do that, but a person can't do that. Now, what does that look like in French? Do we say you, tu, tu peux pas faire ça? Yes, we can, but more commonly. Do you remember I told you that on used to mean one, an individual? So, if you wanted to say you can't do this, but you don't mean you specifically, you mean a person can't do this, you would say on. On peut pas faire ça. On peut pas faire ça. We can't do that. On peut pas faire ça, which really means a person can't do that. And that is how that translates in French. I think it's time now, though, for a little bit of a story. Do you remember that I told you that you can't say nous and still be casual? Well, that's not always the case, because there's something called a stress pronoun. Now, you might say, what is that? And we're just lucky that in French we use nous to mean so many things, and it happens to be in the list of stress pronouns, which is a pronoun that exists outside of the world of verbs. And this is all getting very technical, I think, so I'm going to break it down. The difference between a stress pronoun and a subject pronoun is this. If I said, for example, we are eating, that would be a subject pronoun because we're doing an action. We are eating. But if I said it's us, that would still be the concept of we us, but that is called a stress pronoun. Now, it just so happens that in French, we have the same one as a subject and a stress pronoun, whereas in English we say we and us, in French we say nous or on, and for the stress pronoun, nous. So, what would that give us? Let me tell you a little story. Five people come to Paris and they're desperate to go to the Eiffel Tower. They get to the office and they want to order five tickets. The person at the desk says, how many people are with you? Now you have two options here. You can either say, on est cinq, we are five, on est cinq, on est cinq personnes. Because you said we are, you can use on. But if you said there are five people with us, and you said with us, il y a cinq personnes avec, what do you say next? Do you say on or do you say nous? You must absolutely never ever say on as a stress pronoun. It is always avec Nous. Il y a cinq personnes avec nous. There are five people with us. So that is the only situation when you can say nous and it still be casual as a stress pronoun. Now, the list of stress pronouns are different than subject pronouns in French. We have je, tu, il. And this is when we're talking about doing actions. Je mange, tu manges, il mange, I eat, you eat, he eats. But then if we talk about stress pronouns, we have moi, me, toi, you. Lui, elle, him, her. So those are a different list. It just so happens that we say nous as a subject pronoun and a stress pronoun. So let me give you a few more examples. So in the same storyline, imagine that the five people that went to the Eiffel Tower left behind five other people at their hotel. And what those people said is, no, don't worry, we'll go later. Now, French has this very interesting feature, which I call double pronouning, which essentially means that you will use a stress pronoun and then a usual pronoun. Let me give you an example. We could say, we, we will go later. And that really emphasizes that it's us that will go later and it's a figure of speech, but we say it so frequently in France. And you'll hear people say, moi, je mange, me, I'm eating. Nous, on y va plus tard. 
we, we will go later. So this double pronoun feature will make you sound more native and it is something that you'll hear a lot. And they're not saying we, we, which of course sounds funny in English. It, they're not saying we twice. They're saying we and emphasizing that we are the ones who will go later. So if you said that to your group, you would say, nous, on y va plus tard. Bah, nous, on y va plus tard which literally in English just means we'll go later, but it really emphasizes the we. So that's a situation in which you can use nous before you even use on. Nous, on y va plus tard. So a similar concept, if somebody told you that they were going to eat later, they'd say, eh ben, nous, on mangera plus tard. On mangera plus tard. Nous, on mangera plus tard. We, oui, we will eat later. And don't hesitate to put those fun little French words in because we say them all the time. Words like ibin or the word la at the end of a sentence, which I always encourage you to use these because even if you might be not feeling so confident about your French, they are things that are fun about the language. And I definitely would say use them. They're great and they give your sentence more emotion and it makes you sound more local. Eh ben, euh, nous, on mangera plus tard. Oh, well, we'll just eat later, is what that feels like if you say it in English. So just to break that all down one last time, the way that you can use nous casually in French is if it is not linked to a verb. So if you have it as a standalone us, then you can say it. It's us. Us, we will eat later. So any situation like that is perfectly fine to use nous. But if it's attached to, a, to a, some kind of action, any action at all, we are eating or we will see about that later, then at the moment there's a verb, you say on. Otherwise, you will sound ridiculously formal and we'll have to build a time machine and send you back to whatever time that was appropriate to speak in. So let's go back to the word on now with a few more challenging examples. Remember I referred to French as a flowing language, something a little bit like a river. Well, this is so much the case that even our slang is supposed to abide by these rules, and I'm going to break that down for you a little bit today. But using the word on to mean we casually has another implication for learners, which is you have to remember to do la liaison. Now, if you are new to French, la liaison is essentially linking the last consonant of a word to the first vowel. Like if you said a tree, un arbre, not un arbre, because you hear how chunky that is, un arbre, no, un arbre. To make it flow, you link the N to the A. Now we will do the same thing with the word on. So if you said we were there a few days ago, on y était il y a quelques jours. We, there were, there was a few days. That means we were there a few days ago. We were there a few days ago. On y était il y a quelques jours. Now, if I said that clearly, on y était il y a quelques jours. It sounds so formal. And what you should say instead, if you can, are the contractions that you will definitely hear if you hear it spoken in a movie, in a show, or on the street. We won't say, on y était il y a. Because instead of il y a, we will say ya. On y était ya. Quelques jours will become a very quick version of quelques, which will be like quelques, quelques, with a barely any L sound. On y était il y a quelques jours. Quelques jours, you hear the L almost skips over. We don't say quelques, quelques. We still have an L sound, but it is very much touched upon lightly. Quelques. On y était il y a quelques jours. On y était il y a quelques jours. You hear the difference between on y était il y a quelques jours and then we make it flow 
on y était il y a quelques jours. On y était il y a quelques jours. With a very soft L sound. So, said quickly, on y était il y a quelques jours. And you know, at the end of the day, this is one of the biggest reasons why people learn French for so many years, get to France, or watch movies, or watch shows, and just don't really understand what people are saying. They would read the subtitles and go, oh, well, I understand all of that. But their ears are not expecting to hear the contractions and all of the little elements that we use to make the language flow easier and speed up while we're speaking. So, with the same idea, if you want to put the word i, which usually means there, next to the word on, like on y était, we were there, we could use it in a different situation. If you want to say, it can't be helped, we can't do anything about it. So, in French, we don't say it, we say on, yet again. It can't be helped would become on n'y peut rien, which technically means We can nothing, as in we can do nothing about it. But we say the word i, which means you need to pronounce the n at the end of on. And yes, it does get that finicky, but the honest truth is, if you speak French frequently enough and you are at least practicing speaking to yourself in the shower, then you will be able to get into the habit of saying on ni. As soon as there's a vowel sound after the on, you will say the n, which... You should never say if there is no vowel after. It is on, not on, it is on. So, on n'y peut rien. And then we're doing the liaison, so that's fine. On n'y peut rien. That means it can't be helped. We can't do anything about it. So, that's a fun expression for you to use in the future. So, if somebody says to you, Oh, look, it's raining. What are we going to do? And you say, Ah, bah, on n'y peut rien. Well, we can't do anything about it. We often talk about formality on this podcast. And it evokes a much deeper question around the class system in France and the levels of language and how they are perceived. Now, it is very true that around the world, how you speak influences how somebody sees you. And this is the case in England, in France, in America, in China, in Italy. It doesn't matter. Accents and manners of speaking and words that are used tell the tale of where you are from and how you came to speak that language. France's story is that of revolution and revolt, pushing back the boundaries of the high-class system that use this beautiful, glorious language, which, I will say, has been preserved because of the Académie Française in France, which is the institute that preserves the integrity of the French language, which is a great thing, but also can be very conservative and limiting to the language field, meaning that it's difficult to grow. What does that mean for people who are learning French then? That means that you have to be very careful when you're balancing your casual speaking and your ability to understand casual language with formal speaking, which is why I try to cover in this podcast the full spectrum of language, from most formal to least formal, showing you how we got from one to the other. French culture tells the tale of an interesting relationship between rejecting formality and embracing beauty. Because if we reject formality and speak casually, because we are the people and not the high class, the high ruling class, we are part of the community. And yet the embracing of beauty where we are saying to ourselves, yes, but we still want to speak this language well, which 
I speculate, is why we are able to take rules and apply them even to slang. You've seen throughout this podcast that there is a reason behind every single choice we made in the slang spectrum, making it sound fluid, not making it sound chunky. And don't forget, you can use all of the tools that French provides. We have uh sounds that we use all the time. And of course, this is frowned upon in English. Verbalized pauses makes you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. But in in French, it is a manner of speaking. Look, if I give you an example, je suis en train de réfléchir et puis euh, bah, je vais vous dire quelque chose et bah, je sais pas ce que je vais dire, alors je, euh, bah, je, 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 je fais un petit son comme ça. What that means is, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm just making a little sound and you hear I'm making these euh sounds. Yes, I'm exaggerating for the purpose of what we're talking about. But the point is, you can use these tools to procrastinate because French likes the flow. And it's not so much about being a monotone language, which French is often accused of being, but more of being a language that doesn't let the ball drop in terms of tone, like we can do so easily in English. I'm going to leave you today with a last thought, however. Learning a language is like having infinite hope and passion and patience. It's like diving into something and saying, here I am, I'm in a new world, which you quite literally are, because you're in the world of people who see things differently than you, because language shapes how you see things. You have to be patient. You have to not care about the time that it takes and have what I would call the creative mind. The mind that hops and does loops and tries to find connections where there are none. Anybody who works in the creative fields knows that the most important thing is trust in yourself. And why do I say the creative fields? Because language is identical to being a creative. You are using words to paint a canvas of your thoughts. And that is what language is. It is not something you can pick up in a book. And it's not something that you can draw a mathematical equation of. It is emotion. It is the translation of your thought into words that will communicate it, make somebody else feel it. And that is why I say have patience just like you would if you were painting, if you were writing a book, making a movie, a well-crafted movie, because that is what language is. It is not a matter of rushing it. It is just a matter of enjoying it. Let it happen and trust that your mind is accumulating it even when you don't know that it is. And with that, I say thank you so much, merci infiniment, to have joined us today on this fourth episode of Learning French by Accident. In the next episode, we were going to be talking about the pronoun vous. And for those of you who have studied French, you will know that vous has so many cultural implications that we are going to dive into and really understand in the next episode. And I hope to see you then. À la prochaine fois, les amis. See you next time and take care.